Oh, your breath is so bad. Oh, my God. Uh, die hard. <coughs> oh, good God. It's your mouth is an anus. Going, meow. Doesn't Tom already kind of talk like, And just when you're ready to hit stop, shower scene. I've been watching all sorts of Christmas cheer. That's a hard Jeff Stutzman no. Aren't they all known as Golden Dragon? <sighs> I hate you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> goodbye. Just, just goodbye. Oh, how does it? Uh, Skype would like to do something all. What? Oh, Updates huh. or something? I... No, it was something I pressed. <laughs> <laughs> now, now it doesn't even look like a Clark Kent. It, it looks like some rockabilly from the from the <laughs> yeah, not fifties. Yeah, when I when I schluffed up my hair this morning, uh, I put a little bit of extra grease in it, and I and I'm like, oh man, <laughs> this is like I should be wearing a white. A white T-shirt with uh, your smokes rolled up in the sleeve. <laughs> yep, just just a black comb that every now and then I just kind of run through. Just a switchblade comb. Yeah, through. yeah. See, <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, I just but because I can see myself and I'm like, oh, there's like that one. Whoop, the one. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's supposed to make like a little J, but this thing is a fur, full on like circle. Zero. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Oh, it is. And then I've, you know, I got the chops going down the side and <sighs> I, I like it. I'm, I'm impressed. I mean, this is one way to, to work the receding hairline to your advantage, <laughs> which is just, you know, it's, it's receding, but you just keep that, you know, that real slick New York Italian fifties. <laughs> like, you're like ten years away from bragging about your comb over. Is that what you're telling me? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> it looks good, so. guys. It looks yeah, good. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh huh. No, you're but good. Yeah. You're, you're fine. Yeah. Yeah, it, it definitely I think you're right. I think it that I have I have now gone past the Clark Kent into full on the outsiders, you know. What? 1950s Wait, gre- you, greaser. Have, have you seen The Outsiders? No, just oh. pictures. Yeah. But so your stray cat boogie—that's where you're at. Yes. <laughs> Beautiful. Yep. Oh, just wait. It's gonna. It's gonna get even more so as the weeks go on. I'm gonna <laughs> just see where this goes. <laughs> you're gonna be like uh, have that complete horseshoe bald top, but you'll have the one big string in the front. It'll be a front yep. ponytail coming down. Yep. I or think I it covers the, pretty good, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can do the thing like from the Misfits. Uh, the yeah, it's just paint, paint my face white and just that long strand right down the front. Uh, oh, yep. uh, how are you? Other otherwise? Oh, now that we got the hair update. Yep, the hair update. Um, I by the way, this is like I like this way better than my dumb jerked over buffer haircut of <laughs> yesteryear. <laughs> From the summer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fine. Fine. Just, it's fine here. <laughs> just kind of meh weather, but that's fine. Uh, didn't sleep good, but that's fine. Oh, yeah, I've been up since 3.30. 
Yeah, actually, I, um, we had a, oh, great, here comes something. Oh, flashing lights. fucking windows. Oh, my oh, God. Oh, here's flashing lights, and what is this? Is this the internet? Spectrum. Keep going, buddy. We don't have you. We're, we're MCTV. Just keep moving on. Where are you going? Oh, he's just doing a big circle in the neighborhood. Never mind. Oh, he's yeah, policing yeah. for other internets. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, oh, I forget what I was saying. Decent bandwidth. Pull it over. Yep, yep. <laughs> oh, he's going to the new house. So they're, they're installing a line in the new house. All right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, what was I saying? Uh, oh, yeah. So our son, Hudson, he likes to give out um, stuffed animal cats to us, you know, for our bed. He's got 30 in on his bed, so he likes to distribute to our bed. So we had two piggy puffs and a, um, a rainbow-colored kitty in our bed, um, all three of which make noises when you squeeze them. So, middle of the night, uh, I mean, I'm in a deep sleep, and this is 2 a.m., so I have, this is kind of my good sleep, like deep sleep, and my wife kind of rolls over and kind of bumps my arm, and I'm a light, I'm a light sleeper, so immediately I wake up, and I'm like, oh, what? And then I just kind of fluff my arm over <laughs> and smack onto this rainbow-colored kitty, and... <laughs> and done. now you're done. all the way up. Yeah. Yes. Now I'm, I'm a wide awake. I'm like, well, should I get up and start watching a movie now? Because I'm done. Uh, so I went to the spare bed and flopped around over there for a while, and hey, it was a mess. I, finally, I fell asleep, and but for just a tiny little bit, it was like a little cat nap because I knew that I had to get up soon. And I yeah, got up and hawked out some. <laughs> Your stories always end with something that I'm not expecting. Now you're going to say, like, well, I got up and to hell with it. And instead, it's, I got up and hawked up. Yep. Oh, wait, wait, whoa, hawked, what? What? Yeah, hawked up some, yeah, some gristle from the previous night's <laughs> cheese puffs and Laffy Taffy and whiskey. And literally, that's what I was eating. So that was what I was, yeah, rummaging up from the depths, bowels of me. Ugh. At 5 a.m. Oh, it was bad night's sleep. All because of the colorful kitty going, meow. <laughs> and I'm like, don't, if I, I'm like, if I make, if I mention it, cause I knew that she, my wife was awake. I'm like, if I mention it, then it's going to become funny. And then we're both going to, nah, it's going to be, no, it's going to be a thing. we're watching some Christmas movie at two o'clock in the morning. And yeah. And we had already done, like, we had already wound the night down with the Jim Carrey Grinch movie last night. So, uh, <laughs> Oh, I understand. Well, I've been fighting some kind of illness. Uh, Sunday, let's see, today's Tuesday. Sunday night, I was just sweating my balls off trying to sleep and having fever dreams. You know, I don't know if you know what I mean by that. Oh, yes. Yeah, like, so, yep. You fall asleep, have some wicked nightmare for five minutes, wake up, it's only been five minutes, and you're like, great. And you do this on repeat for yep. 27 times. Uh, is that a guy thing, or is that. I don't know. That, I think it might be. A, I think it might be a like the micro nightmare thing. Might be a you and me thing because we're just wound tight and yeah. have anxiety about dumb shit. Yep. Because um, we are on the same. Like you and I both sleep just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was bad enough that I, I got up and I started getting ready for work and and I was like, mm, no, no, I, I could push through today, but 
they, they don't have to have me there today. There's nothing I can't do without computer and internet. And I was like, I, I'm working from home. I got a fever. I, I did have a fever. I checked. It's like, I'm working from home. And, oh, I'm glad that I did. I didn't even really get much work done or anything, but I, I felt like shit. Uh, so, meh, whatever. And it's always worse for me, like, if I'm exercising in the morning and I'm watching something that's not good, which is usually the case, it just gets the day. I mean, I, 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 I start my day bad every day, pretty much, and it's my own doing. It is. Like, You've got to learn to... Now, I don't want to tell you you got to learn to press stop, because I want you to keep watching this shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's because, some of it is because of the show. It's like, well... I have to review it for the show, so I gotta finish this garbage. No, there's only one a week that you have to do that with. You do it with 12 things that are still sitting on your fucking shelf. <laughs> oh, I know, that's, oh, you should see my shelf. Oh, oh, the garbage that I have in store for me. It's just. <laughs> Healthy. Yes. <laughs> rub, rub on some pepper schnapps or whatever you do on your face. <laughs> oh, yeah, the, uh, urinal cake. Sure. Uh, the urinal cake uh, it oil helps. drops. Because it helps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, are you ready to talk about some movies? Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, let's do it. All right. <clears throat> uh, I'm Eric. And I'm Eugene. And here's the roulette. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm like, oh shit, should I do something? I'm following your lead. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to spin the wheel. Welcome to the rough. And on this episode of the Roulette, it is Deathstalker up against the Crucifixion, and I'm up first. Deathstalker, 1983. The warrior Deathstalker is tasked by an old witch to obtain and unite the three powers of creation, a chalice, an amulet, and a sword, lest the evil magician Munkar get them and use them for nefarious purposes. Yada, 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 yada. Uh, sword and sandals and killings and nudity and Deathstalker. Do you need to know anything else? Because that's pretty much what we got going on here, and I've watched about a dozen of these movies now. Uh, just wait for recently watched. I'm going to burn through a whole bunch of them and say, same plot. <laughs> Get the thing, have some sex, kill some barbarians, and eat a giant turkey leg at some point, and Roll check, credits. and I'm good. Yep, Good drink out of go. a goblet, probably. Yeah, there you go. Probably a goblet in there, and it's all very, all very rapey affairs for the most part. There's yeah. one strong woman somewhere in there that wants to have some sex, but for the most part, otherwise, it's I'm taking it, and I, I mean, it's probably how it was back then. Sex was probably rarely a choice. It was. Just this is happening, which is icky at best. Mm -hmm. Um, yep, Deathstalker. But yeah. you did like it. Oh right? yeah, thumbs up. It was fine. Yep. I, I I this what I'm into right now is this kind of trash, and where they spent more money on getting some guy to paint the cover poster arts than they spent exactly. on the entire fucking movie. And they're great. Oh, the the cover art for those old school '80s barbarian sword and sandal things are it, they're so good. Oh, they're so good, so much better than the movies. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, and the, sc the scores are all the same. Like, okay, all right, all right, yep. Mm -hmm. Doing that, doing that. But hey, for what it's worth, though, those movies they were shot on film. There was even low budgets. They 
there was a production behind them. I will take that any day over. Oh, huge it, sets. Massive sets. Even though if you can tell they're cardboard, it, it, at least they went to the trouble. And I want to say yeah. that they're all ripping off Conan, but a lot of them came before Conan. I know. They're 1980, 1981, 82, 83. You know, Conan was, what, 84? Yeah. So I wonder if, uh, well, actually, I think Destroyer was 84. Barbarian was 82, I want to say. Okay, so some of them might have been trying to ape it, but yeah. still, they weren't even in the ballpark. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the first, what the first, like, Barbarian movie would have been. Would it, like, would Ben Hur be considered? I mean, that would. Maybe, no, but Gladiator. But, gladiator, but, but I mean, it had to go back to all those, uh, Roman, the, I mean, that's the, mm-hmm. bur- that's the true sword and sandal is the Roman movies, and those were, yeah, 30s, 40s, 50s. I, I, I've talked about it before in the show, um, shit. Oh, that one that I really love. I've talked about it before in the show. I just saw it come up this week in my feed on, uh, somebody found a, um, Roman import version or German, Greece import version. What the hell is the name of that movie, damn it? It's, is it old one? Uh, yeah, it's from the fifties. It's the the, the one where uh, I'm so tired. The um the what what is the city that Vesuvius and what gets um Vesuvius explodes and covers in lava. What's the name of that town? Pompeii. There you go. The last days of Pompeii. Good job. Thank you. No. They've made dozens of movies about mm-hmm. Pompeii and about Greece and uh, Lou Ferrigno starred in half of them. Uh, but this is one that was like, uh, hour 20 and didn't have him. And it was just a damn good movie. And I rewatched it in the last, oh, since we've been doing the show and I still was, oh, yeah, it's still a damn good movie. Did you ever watch that Pompeii movie that Paul, uh, no. Paul Anderson did? Nope. Mila Jovovich, I believe was in the, yeah, I haven't either. And I actually, I wouldn't have minded watching that, but I, I, I didn't just... think it was on Netflix for a while or somewhere yeah. free. Now, I remember I never that was one, like on the dying end of the 3D boom. Like that was a 3D movie, but it just tanked. And, and also the dying end of the uh, uh, they were doing the Titans. Yes, and that's all that right. stuff. There was a there was a minor sword and sandal resurgence. Yeah, Conan with Jason Momoa, Ugh. which wasn't good. Ugh, that should have been good. That was not good. No, it was not. Uh, the Crucifixion. Okay, The Crucifixions, uh, directed by Xavier Gens. When Nicole comes to in contact with Father Anton, more and more inexplicable events occur. The pair begin to believe that the priest lost the battle with a demon. Uh, this is... Is this based on a true story? I kind of forget. Um, uh, inspired by the true story of the Tanaku exorcism that happened in 2005 in Romania. Um this is a good movie, which doesn't surprise me with the, uh, the director. It, it, it's 90 minutes long. And I, that's one of the issues that I would have with the movies. I, I think that it actually could have been longer. I was never bored. Great production values, uh, like beautifully shot, uh, on, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this was actually shot in Romania. Uh, let me see here. Filming locations, Bucharest, Romania, yeah, in Romania, which looks great. Um, but the investigation type stuff was good. The um, the possession stuff was good. How things are kind of un you know how things unfold really good. The ending, um, I guess, minor spoiler alert here: there is an exorcism. There typically is in these types of movies. It um, it comes on pretty quick and is wrapped up even quicker. 
Uh, it, it, the whole movie needed a little bit more time to breathe, but I'm, that's a, I think that's almost a positive. I, because I wasn't bored. It was a, this would have been a perfect, you should check this out in October type of movie. Uh, nothing outstanding, but I, I think I gave it three and a half stars. I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it and was just never bored and wonder, wondering, okay, where are we going next? It, it does have a bit of the, uh, I don't know. Exorcism of Emily Rose, but set in Romania type thing going on, I guess. Okay. Kind of with a, you know, this girl trying to debunk, like, nah, there never was an exorcism. This didn't actually happen. And then we find out, obviously, you know, yes, their possession is real and the priests really do exorcise demons and blah, blah, blah. But it was cool. Some good effects and that, my type of movie. I liked it. I thought this was good. It, I don't know if it would, it might make, Top ten best roulettes of the year, possibly on the uh, the tail end of them, but it was good. Cool. I'm not sure where you'd fall on it. I I bet you would probably enjoy it for what it is, especially if you'd be watching it in October. You'd be like, you, you with what we watch, well, watch what I watch year round, and what you watch in October, you would have probably been like, yeah, this. Thank God for this. Yeah, I know. No pun intended. Ha! Ah, uh, God in the day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, next round. You ready for next round? Um, yeah. Coming your way, euthanizer on canopy. I've thrown this up before. A man who euthanizes animals as a side job runs afoul of a white supremacist. Uh, this was a TIFF. Official selection. Uh, dead detectives on Shudder. Because with that title, <laughs> it's coming back your way. You wanted it. So here's Dead Detectives. Follows a team of helpless paranormal investigators on a reality TV series who go on a quest to Mexico's most haunted house in the pursuit of better ratings. However, when the true dark secrets of the mansion begin to reveal themselves, the hapless presenters quickly discover this house is no hoax. Alright, uh, High Life on Canopy. I was surprised to see this pop up there, and probably too good for a roulette, but throwing it your way anyway. This is from A24. Monty, Robert Pattinson, and his baby daughter are, on the, are, the, are the last survivors of a damned and dangerous mission to the outer reaches of the solar system. The crew, death row inmates led by a doctor, Juliette Binoche, with sinister motives, has vanished. As the mystery of what happened uh, aboard the ship is unraveled, father and daughter must rely on each other to survive as they hurtle towards the oblivion of a black hole. And I said to watch the trailer because that trailer is better than uh, the title and synopsis. High Life makes it sound like it's a stoner comedy or something. Yes, it does. But uh, this looks like a just dark and intense sci-fi uh, thriller, maybe even di- and dipping into horror. Uh, anyway, I'm going to be watching that one soon. There you go. Okay, uh, heading your way is a movie from 2019 on Netflix called Dead Kids. A socially awkward teen bonds with a group of misfits who plot to abduct the school's arrogant rich kid until their kidnapping scheme turns deadly. Uh, I think that sounds pretty good. Um, and I believe that that is an actual, that's a Netflix movie. So it's not a random thing that Netflix bought for 20,000 bucks. Uh, next up hold, is... Hold on a sec. Never mind. I, uh, I just realized that I watched something from your roulette list from last week that I thought was my roulette, and it was not. Deathstalker was a fluke that I happened to watch that one. 
Good. I'm glad I watched that other one. Review to come later. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, I think I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> okay, sorry. Carry on. Okay, next up, War on Everyone from 2016, starring Alexander Skarsgård, Michael Peña, Theo James, uh, two corrupt cops set out to blackmail and frame every criminal unfortunate enough to cross their paths. Events, however, are complicated by the arrival of someone who appears to be even more dangerous than they are. This is action, comedy, crime, whatever, hour and 38 minutes. John Michael McDonough or something like that. Let's see what else he's done. Um, Because that, let's see, that uh, just sounds good. That's a good cast. Calvary, the guard. Eh, anyway, okay. Uh, and then lastly, uh, <laughs> the barbarians from 1987, directed by Ruggiero Diodato. Oh, ah, uh, starring Richard Lynch, who is uh, a great character actor, and David and Peter Paul, two huge, uh, just glistening with Crisco covered, huge buff. Dudes. Two twin barbarians seek revenge. Wait a minute. From... Have I already seen this movie? I, I don't know. I haven't. I want to watch. The, I want the Blu-ray of this so bad I can taste it. Mm. <laughs> taste those huge, huge, yep. big nipple twins. Yep. Warlord to tribe stuff. The cover is great. With the, I've got long is it, mullets. Is it and... them back to back doing this? Um, not on the picture that I'm seeing here, but I believe that I believe I've seen that cover. If it is that cover, I think I've already watched this movie. Okay, then let me hold on. Let me see here. Okay, if not, then I got another one here for you. I not only have I seen this movie, I had it as a roulette and reviewed it on episode 150 called (laughs) Rigadardo (laughs) Didanari. Perfect. Yeah. Oh, that was a good-ass okay. movie. I remember oh. that one. Okay. Uh, something okay, else. Okay, well, Sorry. next up is Divination from 2011. Uh, let's see here. Supernatural forces collide in Divination. Jason is a young, successful artist married to the lovely Jessica. They're filled with joy at their first uh, pregnancy. And uh, Come on here. There's a, this is a long... Spiritual warfare, a thriller like no other. It's on, I think, Tubi TV, and you had requested it, so... Okay, fair enough. There you go, sir. I will take War on Everyone. I don't know what that is, but uh, kind of sold me on it. I'll give that one a chance. At least over pregnancies and dead kids. Um, yeah, what do you want? Um... Oh, uh, let's see here. I think I'm going to take the dead thing. What's it called? Dead Detectives. You don't even know. You're just like, whatever, it had dead in the title, I'll take it. Well, here's the thing. I would probably take that High Life movie, but at this point, I that's science fiction. I'm holding off on that one for a bit. Oh, that's right. I almost forgot about our January bullshit. Yeah. yeah. So I want to... Okay. Especially after biting the bullet on that whizzing in the sky thing, I'm like, that didn't even count. I mean, you, you, that didn't even count as a roulette. I know, I know. Yet you watched it. Okay. That's not on me. That's on you. I can't, I can't uh, tell you about that. I told you it was dog shit. I ranted. No. But instead, I, oh, I sold it too hard. No, uh, I, I distinctly remember 
Give me your opinion on it. So nope, I did. Nope, that wasn't in there. That was you, and, fucker. <laughs> and that's that's the day and age we live in. <laughs> this fake news. Just, just and keep all, lying. Just if I and, keep lying and keep lying and keep lying, everybody will forget that podcast <laughs> is out there. And I've never once said, "Give me your review." <laughs> Ah, but facts. They're too hard to track down. Okay, next next episode on the roulette, it's more on everyone up against dead detectives uh, until Eugene changes his mind. (laughs) Uh, I don't even remember giving you, like, I'll take the dead detectives, but did I actually tell you that that it's one that I want to watch? Moving on. Since you will believe nothing but evidence, I guess here we go. Let me, uh... (laughs) scrolling back now I gotta scroll back through like a week a week's worth of texts and oh the dumb shit that we talk about oh lord it's fine it's I, Mandalorian I, this and uh, Amish well, that and yeah way too many smiley faces and oh by the way add this to my list um okay well Okay, well, well... Oh, let me guess. I photoshopped it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things you can do with technology. Uh, I'm just technology. I, I screen grab this right now. I, I would like to add that you also had the canal on that list. <laughs> Which we both watched. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Did you go check that out then to see if... No, I watched it again, yeah. Oh, and? You remember oh, watching it, was... it first time? Yeah, I do. I'm like, oh, that's right. Actually... That was a pretty good movie. Yeah, we both said it was a pretty good movie. Yeah. But, um, yeah, this is, this is the Kellyanne Conway <laughs> world we live in now, so it's alternate reality facts and such. Okay, okay. Well, I enjoyed the Oscar-winning Deathstalker, I guess, since yes. we just make things up. It <laughs> won 12 Oscars, more than any other movie. Uh, <laughs> okay, you ready for our monthly top ten? Uh, yes. And it was kind of your category this week, and this is the last one of the year. We've done 12. That's pretty good. Top 10 Snowbound movies. Anything you want to add to that? Oh, non-horror. Non-horror, yes. I thought, because when you throw in horror, it makes it a lot, I don't know, easier. At least for me it does. And I'm like, this way, it's kind of thinking outside of the box here. And now, how I made my list is uh, these are not necessarily, like, 10 to 1. They're not necessarily my favorite movies themselves, but what I considered the best use of the snow setting. Like, I like all of these movies. There's not one that I don't like, but I'm not picking them like, oh, yeah, there was snow in this movie, but I loved the movie, therefore it's number one. It's I got the, you. Usage, I, I the usage to, of it. I tried to organize my list in the same manner where... I, I, I know you you keep saying snow, but and snow is a big part of it. But uh, and I got to go first here. I'm already pre-explaining my number ten. I, I, there is snow in it, and there is times when it is snowing, but it is more about cold. And okay. I thought the cold was f- so effective and such a part of the movie that I wanted to add this movie in there, even though there are movies on my honorable mentions that had way more snow in it. This one. I was, I, I, every, I've watched this a handful of times, and every single time, I feel cold. I could be watching this middle of summer, and I'd, I'd need a blanket. That's because it's such an element of the film. That's Enemy at the Gates. Remember Enemy at the Gates? Yes, I do. I haven't seen that in so long. Fantastic film. Absolutely fantastic. But 
and it's set in Russia, I believe, and so it's it's dealing a lot with uh, that weather element of World War Two, I want to say, and uh, snipers going back and forth to the to the point where if they can see your breath, you might be getting taken out. And they got it's cold is such an element in that film, and I know that snow itself is not as much, although like I said, there are elements uh, or scenes where it's snowing. But I wanted to put it in there because I thought it was more effective uh, use of weather than in some of the ones that I put in honorable mentions. Got it. Okay. Um, okay, so number 10 for me um, is... Uh, I'm just... There was one... There was actually one that I decided to... I'm very uh, curious about your list, by the way, because when we were texting about this, you said... Oh, I've got so many, I, I don't know what to pick. And I mean, I have scoured and scoured the internet to barely come up with 14. Um, oh man, so, I've got uh, so I, many honorable mentions. <laughs> I know, but I'm, I'm, I'm really curious on what I missed because I've got quite an array here, but I'm like, oh, I just know he's going to bring a bunch of shit that I didn't think of. Either that, or I'm thinking he's going to break his own rules because we, we decided that like Empire Strikes Back has that great Hoth scene, but that's not a snow movie. That's yeah. one fourth of the movie. So I'm curious if you're going to break that rule. We'll we'll see here. Well, um, we'll see. Um, well, number ten for me is Cliffhanger. This is the Sylvester Stallone movie. Uh, obviously, without snow, it wouldn't be a movie. Now, now I haven't seen this movie in a long time, and I'm kind of going off of this uh, by the beginning, uh, which was. One of the most masterful. I haven't again. I haven't seen it in so long, but one of the most masterful action scenes with. You remember this? We'll be talking about cliffhanger a little bit later. It absolutely oh, okay. counts. Okay. Uh, I just I loved it. I loved the. Uh, yeah, obviously, the snow plays a huge part in that movie, and the cold weather does. And it was just back when Stallone was still like a list actor. Uh, I, I, I'd like to talk about it a little bit more, but I haven't seen it in so many years, but it immediately uh, popped in my head like, oh, Cliffhanger definitely needs to be on this list somewhere because the movie wouldn't exist without that setting, and it works so well for that movie. Right. Uh, number nine for me is Die Hard 2. Oh, oh, come here. Come on, doggo. Come on, you can do it. Come on. Judas, big idiot. <laughs> I'm going to sit in your lap, but I can't jump that high. I have to catch him, or else he overshoots it. And then... <laughs> Off the other end. Oh, your breath is so bad. Oh, my God. Uh, die Hard... <coughs> oh, good God. It's Your mouth is an anus. <laughs> die Hard 2. Okay, I know the entirety of this movie is not outside, and we're, we're, I'll just warn you now. We're going to go on a run through the middle of my list here where snow does play a part, and it is always winter, it's not the Empire Strikes Back thing where just a fourth of it is there, uh, but where they're inside a building, outside a building, inside, mm, outside. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's so they're not it's not a survivalist thing in the snow, but it is always winter. So I figure they count. Yeah. Die Hard, Die two, Hard 2 totally counts. Totally. Yep. It's, it has some fantastic scenes in the snow. It's got snowmobiles. It's got that awesome runway ending. Well, they're on the runway a couple of times. Um, you know, where he blows up the airplane in uh, the parachute. Oh, good ass shit. But when I think of snow, that's one of the movies that pops in my head. Die Hard 2. Okay, next up for me is, let me just, I just want to pull this up here. See if you remember this one. Uh, Runaway Train from 1985. Now, I 
have talked about this movie a ton of times. I give this movie a 10. I haven't seen it in a few years. Is most of this movie in the snow? Because I think like only the last third of it is. I th- Again, I, I haven't seen it in a couple of years, but I kind of remember when they were on the train... Uh, I think the, almost the entire movie is in the snow. Like when it leaves the station, like the whole way through, we're yeah. But they don't snowbound. get to the train till like the last third, do they? I thought that they were on the train the most of the movie. Uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> I remember the, the runaway train. They're on the train, and they're. I mean, uh, that was escaping the prison and lots of flashbacks. I mean, I don't know. It's been, I guess it's been a while since I watched it. I, I seriously contemplate, I, this would be on the list. I just couldn't remember if enough of it was in the snow. Yeah, I, for me, I think it was, but again, I could be totally wrong. I haven't seen it in years, but what I remember was a brief intro thing and then they're on the train for the duration of the movie. Uh, and it's just, it's constant snow stuff. Well, since both of us haven't watched it in a while and we're too dumb to remember, I guess I have to allow it. <laughs> there you go. It did pop up on every damn list that yeah. I've searched on the internet. Great movie, though. Oh, that movie is fantastic. Uh, number eight for me is Insomnia. Take your pick. I don't care if it's the original or the mm. remake, but both of those take place in winter in Alaska, I believe, in snow. Uh, a lot of the scenes, especially the uh, CSI investigating where it happened and yada yada. The, the cold and weather and snow are a big part of that movie and the bleakness of it just feeds into the atmosphere of the film. Uh, fantastic. I lo- that's one of the movies where the original and the remake are pretty well neck and neck for me. I, I can't pick a favorite. I think they're both phenomenal. Excellent. Okay, next up for me, uh, number... Eight. Oh, yeah, number eight is Joyx Noel. What? Uh, Joyous Noel. It is a, uh, it's a World War One war movie, uh, set, uh, at the, uh, front lines with, uh, the Germans, the, uh, Brits and the, uh, French. And they all call a truce on Christmas Eve. Uh, and it's just fantastic. It's a fantastic movie. And obviously, it's set in the snow. Um, but it's a, it's a Christmas movie. Uh, it's just, it's great. It's, uh, actually my wife and I are going to watch it here probably in the next couple of days. Cause I got it on, uh, I got it on voodoo. It was, there was a sale on it and we haven't watched it in a while, but <clears throat> I remember that was one where there was a certain scene in the movie where, uh, it, like, the entire movie is like, everybody's tense. Like everybody's just ready to shoot each other. Uh, even though it's, there's this uh, very shaky truce. And then um, a song starts to be sung, and it's a really emotional part of the movie, and it's, like, burned into my brain. And it's just, it's such a great movie, especially because it's, I believe, based on a true story. Yeah, so, okay. I never heard of it. I saw it popped up in your voodoo, but I was like, all right, one of the Christmas things you're watching, so. Yeah. Know. It's a very, very good movie. Uh, okay. Number seven for me is Lady Snowblood. And I haven't seen this one in a while. What? You have What? Lady Snowblood. That's in the snow? The snow is in the title. Of course it's in the snow. Google it. Do a Google image search of Lady Snowblood. Every every picture you'll find is in the snow. That's okay. one where they uh they, they love the snow because every time she slashes somebody outside... The blood sprays blood. all over the... Yes. Okay. So it may not be about 
winter survival, but snow is a huge element of the... I mean, it's Lady Snowblood. It's in the title, sir. Man, I... <laughs> I don't remember a ton of it, but I, I don't remember either. we both watched it and both really liked it. And I, blood splashing in snow, and if I'm thinking of blood splashing in snow, it's this and the one with the Nazis. That's a horror movie, so we couldn't add it. Um, the Keep? No, no, or... no. More current. The Nazi zombies come back to life and... Oh, Dead Snow. I didn't even think about that one because I just... I, that was before I started the thing about horror movies because we were done. We're not going to do horror movies. Yeah. Well, couldn't put it on there because horror. Yeah. But Lady Snowblood's not horror, so I can throw that one on there. Number seven. Uh, number seven is Hold the Dark. This is the movie that we both watched, I think, last year. The Jeffrey Wright, Alexander Skarsgård. Mm-hmm. This is... This movie, I have to see this movie again. Do you remember how, like, we just both just slobbered over this movie? Yep. Uh, where was this? Uh, I'm just wanting to check here now. Alberta, Canada. Set entirely in the snow, and I think that the snow does play a part in the movie with that isolation and just with what the creepy, weird goings ons were. Uh, but great thriller, great movie. Yep, I agree. Uh, number six for me is In Order of Disappearance. Otherwise known mm. as Craftidodid 10. Sure. <laughs> uh, and this is the Stellan Skarsgård starring action crime drama where he goes out to get revenge for his murdered son. When his son is mistakenly murdered, Snowplow Driver starts seeking revenge, which ignites a war between two gangsters. This was recently remade as Cold Pursuit with Liam Neeson. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, I haven't seen that one yet, but the original is very, very well made. It's a weird kind of almost... It almost becomes darkly comedic at some points. And the snow is definitely... Do you watch Cold Pursuit, I think? I, I have, yes. Okay. The snow is very much an element here, and this dude is just out, just killing the dick out of people, and does not give a shit. And it is not entertaining in the way that, like, uh, Taken or something like that is. It's, his ways of taking them down are, they're just different. At one point in this movie, he takes his snowplow, and just... In a, like, kind of a one-lane road where snow is piled up eight feet on either side of the road, just barrels the dude's car straight off the road down a cliff. And, oh, it was so gratifying. It was awesome. Great movie. There was some stuff like that in Cold Pursuit as well. Yeah. I need to see that one. I just haven't haven't got around to it. But uh, this is a great... I think it's a Swedish... It's a Bork Bork something. Yeah. And the director... It's the same director. Oh, really? He, like, I believe... I thought that he did... The, he, he actually made... He remade his own movie. Well, like, he's the only on. one on this cast list without a little circle above one of his letters... Hans-Peter Moland. Let me see here. He did Cold Pursuit. It was a good movie. It wasn't great. Uh, I wouldn't mind watching the original just to kind of compare them, but I I wasn't pre- I remember I wasn't prepared for the quirkiness of the movie because it has this... That's how the original was. Weird, quirky comedy going on that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. I don't, I'm not sure if Liam Neeson was the best casting choice because he's so deadly serious, but in this... 
it was still good. I liked the movie, but well, I, I wouldn't be- mind. I believe it's on Netflix, so you should check it out. Okay. Number okay, six. number six for me is this might be controversial for you, but I put it on there. Krampus from 2015. Because I don't uh, really that's consider That's a horror this... movie, dude. Mm. Oh, no, no. Uh, demons and demon elves coming and taking and killing people. Comedy drama fantasy is what IMDb tells me. And I'm sticking with it. You're so full of shit. Hold on a <laughs> sec here. Krampus. I'm not even going to look at... Yeah, that's what IMDb tells me. Krampus. Mm-hmm. Krampus. It's uh, it's Goonies with um, with fantasy creatures. Krampus. Anyway, Krampus is Krampus a great movie. from 2015. Fantasy horror. Uh, Michael Doherty directed <laughs> it from 2015, and it's just got this great cold weather feel to it. Uh, the fantasy creatures are great in it. <laughs> so fortunate. Number five for me is The Thing from John Carpenter. <laughs> fantasy uh, sci-fi. Fantasy sci-fi. It's an alien. It's an alien. <laughs> and Krampus is kind of like the anti- uh, Santa Claus and very, 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 very horror. Very horror. Is what it is. <laughs> and the gingerbread men are cute, and the dog eats one of them. Waka waka. It's funny. It's a comedy. Back to you. It's great, by the way. I love the Christmas. The you know, the the. Uh... <laughs> oh yeah. Number yeah. five for me, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, number five for me, I actually went and watched this movie. It's been, the Blu-ray's been on my shelf for like two years. I finally was like, I gotta watch this damn thing since we're talking about snow. Uh, number five for me is Snowpiercer. Uh, ah, see, that's pushing horror. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> what bullshit. What bullshit. <laughs> uh, killing and murder on a train. Barely, barely. It's a comedy. The, it's a comedy, you see. The, the food is made out of human guts, I think, if I nope. remember correctly. No, it's not. I kind of remember it is. It was made out of uh, crickets. Oh, I thought it was made out of human something. Nope. Hmm. Hmm. I'll let it pass. <laughs> oh, oh, will you? <laughs> this is a great top ten from me and a great top nine from Eugene. Uh, Snowpiercer. Uh, it's it's a good flick, but fuck me, does it get dark and twisted and, and depressing and all throughout. It's just very oppressive. Uh, I'm not going to say one and done, but one and not for a long time. Uh, so, yeah, good, good stuff, but just it didn't have to be quite like that. We could have had a better... Slightly better ending, I think. Uh, as it was, it was okay. Let's just wander off into the snow. Mm, mm-hmm. No, I you would be yep. you would be scavenging that train for months to find as much food as you could because there's no food out there. If you had just went wandering off into the snow, well, I I, I had to laugh too. And it's like, oh, there's a polar bear at the end. And he'd just come charging down the hill and kill the survivors. That would have been funny. But roll credits. Roll credits. You're all fucked. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, good flick. Very well made. Just. With some issues. Yeah. I have seen that movie one time and I thought it was great, but I kind of remember being, yeah, it, it was so dirty and a, just, uh, oppressive and heavy. And I'm like, eh, uh, I remember, I remember our buddy Steve and uh, his old co-host <laughs> on their show. I will never forget that. I was driving around Florida by myself. First reasons. I don't remember why, but I was listening to that podcast and Steve got on that guy's case so bad because <laughs> 
He was like, you didn't watch it, did you? He's like, I kind of did, kind of. And um, it was hilarious. I, I just, I always associate that movie with that conversation that was great. Because he totally called him out on it. And you could tell he didn't watch it. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Number five for you. Uh, five for me is On Her Majesty's Secret Service. This yeah. is Mr. James Bond, uh, George Lazenby's one-time spot as 007. And uh, Telly Savalas is the villain. It's great. This is one of my all-time favorite James Bond movies. I love the... The score is great. And, again, I love the winter setting. In fact, I... Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't um, the most recent Bond, Quantum of, not Quantum of Solace. Uh, Spectre? Spectre. They they did a snow top scene that was supposed to be kind of reminiscent of Majesty's Secret Service with the uh, compound I mean, they, on the top. Something, oh, I can't remember. I got, I'm got. i planning on, since the trailer for the new one came out, I'm, okay, I got to go rewatch all those. Yep. And I'm going to reevaluate, even though I thought Spectre was the least of all of them. Uh, I agree. Was that the one where he crashed the plane? Yeah, right after that. It's right after that scene. There is the plane crash with Batista, and yeah, uh, it, that movie was all over the place. But anyway, uh, Majesty's Secret Service was great. I liked the. Uh, actually, this one here has a very downbeat, almost depressing ending. Uh, Lazenby, I think, would have been. I think he would have made a great Bond for the next couple movies, but. Um, I guess one and done, and then on to Roger Moore, but this was good. Uh, I actually considered putting, uh, I want to say it was the, uh, maybe the Spy Who Loved Me, or there was another one, but I don't think that there was enough, it, there, it was set in like a Aspen or something, or the Switzerland or somewhere, but I don't recall there being enough snow for me to have it on the list, but this one here, it's pretty much entirely snow except for the very beginning. There's several Bond movies where they have a good chunk of them in snow. Licensed Kill, I want to say, or the there's one Timothy oh, Dalton one. Yes, that had the, the yes, to Living Daylights. Yeah, there you go. Had the car chase and the cello down the hill, and yeah, uh, there was a Roger Moore one where there was lots of skiing off the cliff and the uh, Ice Castle theory, the Ice Castle Invisible Car one. Ooh, <laughs> there is that one. It's an entire <laughs> act of the movie that should be deleted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree. If you're gonna there's only one, in my opinion, that really qualifies uh, as far as Bond snow movies, and that'd be the one you picked. Uh, number four for me is, and maybe you want to say I'm cheating here, but considering you put Krampus on here, you can go fuck yourself. Uh, ah, this is a documentary. Not horror. Documentary is okay, right? That still counts. Uh, actually, I almost put a documentary down myself, but I then I didn't. But I would have. First Descent. It's a snowboarding documentary that I have where they helicopter snowboarders up to the top of mountains that have mm. never been snowboarded before, drop them off at the little bitty tippy top. I mean, it's so high up and such a little area that they land on that it makes my knees shake. And then they just bomb right on down the hill. And yeah, this is completely full of snow. Uh, so snowbound, Yes. Uh, but the way that they film this and and the air that they get off some of these hits, it's disgusting. I mean, it's the kind of stuff where if you wipe out, you're dead. You got to be 80, 100 feet in the air or something, but you just land just right and you're good to go. Hmm. Uh, it's an amazing documentary and everybody should check it out. The only one I'd really put above it is the big wave riding one. Um. Oh, that's my favorite documentary of all time, and I can't. Oh yes, title. I know what you're talking about. Endless Summer? No, 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 no. That one's that one's good, but it's dated and boring. Uh, it's about uh, big wave riding. What is it called? 
Ah, it's over on my shelf there, but I can't get up because I got a dog on my lap. Um, yeah. Fantastic, fantastic. Big wave. It's the history of big wave riding all through like the 60s and 70s. and it, it's oh, Okay, I know which one you're talking about because you got me to watch that one too and it was so good. Yeah, it's directed by Stacy Peralta, who's a world-renowned skateboarder. It's a fantastic film. Yeah, anyway. It is. Uh, actually, the documentary that I didn't put it down, but the one that I, I thought about putting down was, I, I forget its name, but you got me to watch it. It was the... Um, Oh, it's kind of a heavy documentary. A lot of them are. Uh, it's about the, oh shit, the melting of the, not the ice caps, but it was oh, like the, oh, where that, they had that ice chunk the size of Manhattan yes. that broke off. Yeah. Yes. We both watched that thing. I think you that had was, it on a roulette. Yeah. It was, that was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Uh, number four for you. A uh, four for me is Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And this is the David Fincher one, not the original. Uh, I I just I prefer this one over the original. Daniel Craig is great. Everybody's great in this movie, and it's cold. That movie is cold the whole way through. I'm just I'm cold. Uh, it's like the filter they use on top of filming in the snow is oh cold and great and just mean spirited. That oh, such a I don't know even the even the end where we're in our villain's quote unquote lair. Even his house is. It just, the way it's designed is neat and icy cold. Like it's, uh, I love I that movie. I agree. Even when they're inside, it feels cold. Yeah. It's like you're not at a, in a house. You're in a cabin, a hunting cabin where you've got a stove heater and you're, you're, you know, 45 degrees. I mean, you're, you're okay. You're not going to die, but it still feels cold. But it's awful. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Okay. Number three for me is. The Hateful Eight. Is there any scene in this movie where you feel the slightest bit warm? Never. <laughs> uh, the snow is even coming in through the walls. <laughs> uh, I don't think that one needs a lot of explanation. The snow is a massive part of that film. And, <laughs> yep, number three for me. Number three for me is The Hateful Eight. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> um, that is... Quentin Tarantino's Western version of the thing. That's essentially what it is, is a bunch of people trapped in an isolated place, uh, snowbound and getting off. It's great. I love that movie so much. Uh, number two for me is Cliffhanger. Oh. And I haven't seen this movie in a while, but when I got this movie on VHS and then DVD, I watched it over and over and over. So I am extremely familiar with this film. Snow is a huge element in this, uh, as is just the cold and weather in general. Remember, there's a scene where Stallone breaks through some ice and has to swim underwater. And I'm sure it's a heated pool under ice, whatnot. Mm-hmm. It looks so cold, and he <laughs> is so cold throughout, because they take his coat so he won't run away. Uh, while they're making him do oh, chores yeah. and stuff. it I mean, and even a lot of the snow looks fake. It still feels so cold throughout the entire film. Yeah, everybody's jumping. Even when he jumps off a cliff into a tree, it's dum, 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 into a snowbank <laughs> with no coat on top of with no coat. Freezing. So uh, Cliffhanger is still a damn good movie, sir. I need and, a rewind. That's yeah. Ray Harlan, right? Yep. 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 Fantastic movie. Number two. Cool. Okay, number two for me. This was, I went back and forth with this, but 
I'm like, no, I, my gut tells me put this at number one. So, but the, actually these last three, even four with Girl with a Dragon Tattoo are all so close because they masterfully use that cold and snow element. But number two for me is The Revenant, uh, which was my favorite movie of what year that came out. Um, I love The Revenant. I know that, you know, you and I have had that talk that I don't think you like it as much as I do, but uh, you have to admit it is, it's cold. And I felt much like you were talking about Sylvester Stallone. That's kind of how what I felt with Leonardo DiCaprio in this, where he's just barely surviving the entire movie because of the elements, because of what he's dealing with. Uh, just beautiful cinematography. I know the movie is long, but damn, is this a great movie, uh, especially like watching it over like two sittings. And then Tom Hardy comes doesn't Tom Hardy kind of talk like I don't know I only watched it once oh I remember you did not like the way he I thought that it was you that there was a lot of things I didn't like about that movie I and I know we didn't order this as far as best to worst of what we really like we ordered as far as um, what the snow element is but yeah. I also am going to limit it to mm, if I didn't like really care for a movie, then it's not going to be on there. Oh, yeah. I liked all the movies that are... Right, right. So Revenant wasn't on there. I considered it, but eh. Uh, Much the same way I didn't put Alive on this list. Alive, if we're just talking pure snow, Alive should be number one, two, or three, but meh. I I considered it, but I'm like, nope, that's not... I don't... Meh. That's a one and done. I don't need to see a guy forking chunks out of a guy's ass to survive. I'm I'm good. Uh, So... Number one for me is probably no surprise to anybody because yeah. we've been talking about it before, but the gray. Uh, you got the snow and you got the wolves and it's just a clusterfuck of just a shitstorm of hell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but masterfully done and, and ends, it still manages to maintain a tone of hope throughout. It's, it's, it's a miracle of a film, in my opinion. I, I, yep. I love it and, oh, is it cold. Whew. Um, and you're number one. It's the gray, of course. That I I love love that movie. There's not a thing that I would change about that movie. Every character beat, uh, and like you said on uh, one of the more more recent, maybe it was in the last episode, uh, where you were talking about how Liam Neeson is like, you're gonna die. Just it's okay. It's gonna be over quick. Whatever. I'm like, whoa. This movie just began, and we're doing this. Okay. Yeah. This is not. This is not whimsical. Liam Neeson killing wolves and fun. No, this isn't fun, but it is. Oh, it's so great. Yep. I agree. Uh, okay, honorable. I'm, I'm so curious then on your honorable mentions because we didn't have a lot of uh, differences. Crossover. So where where where, where was all your? If you had trouble narrowing it down. Okay, uh, Wind River. We've talked about before mm-hmm. on the show. That's a good yep. movie. Uh, the Ice Harvest. I think you still haven't seen that, have you? I don't believe so. That's John Cusack? Yes, and you should check that out. That's a damn good movie. But the ice harvest, the ice storm is... Eh, they're mostly inside. It's a, it's They're not in any danger. You can tell it's cold, everybody's cold, and sliding around in their cars and shit, but it's not like it's... Uh, we're, we're in serious trouble. Um, yeah. Gremlins, same thing. It is set at winter. It is a Christmassy movie. There's lots of snow, but that's not really the threat. Long Kiss Goodnight almost made my number 10. And that's because not only is it winter and there's lots of snow, but the cold plays a very important element of one crucial scene. There's a torture scene where they're putting her on a uh, water... What do you call that? Uh, 
not a windmill, but a um, like a water wheel where it runs in a river. Oh, yeah, I knew, yeah. Yeah, I, they yep. tired of that, and they put her in the ice water and then bring her back up. So, cold. Uh, out cold, we get into a couple comedies here. It's a snowboarding comedy. I've watched that movie a dozen times. It's freaking hilarious. I love it, but they're just snowboarding on a ski resort. Um, Snowball Express. Have you ever seen that? Snowball Express. That is an old, maybe, 70s movie. Let me see here. 1972. Uh, Walt Disney Productions, if you haven't seen this movie, you should check out Disney Plus and see if it's on there. Oh, okay. Uh, and this would be one to watch with the wife. Doug Jones, or Dean Jones, sorry. And... Uh, let me see if there's any other names you recognize here. Dick Van Patten. Anyway, it's an old school comedy, and I've watched it a dozen times growing up. I haven't watched it in a while, but I got the VHS tape. I'm planning on watching it here in the next couple of weeks. I remember just crying at this movie when I was younger. Hmm. So I think you should check it out um, with the wife. I like. I think that'd be a good one for you and the wife. Okay. And Hold the Dark, yes. Hold the Dark would have almost made the list as well. Okay, my list. Uh, I have Fargo, the Coen Brothers movie. Uh, and again, I think that the snow does play a pretty big part of that movie. But, like you said, I, I I like the movie. I don't love the movie. Therefore, it didn't quite make the top ten. But it was definitely honorable mention. <clears throat> uh, Ravenous is on there. That was a great suspenseful Western comedy. No, that's a horror movie. Uh, it's a horror movie, Eugene. Uh, cannibals. A, it's about yeah, fucking it's, cannibals. It's, it's the West. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> Next up is, uh... <laughs> now I see Dream... why your list was so long. It's full of bullshit. <laughs> Dreamcatcher, the Stephen King science fiction movie. <laughs> ah, pushing lines again! <laughs> Set in the snow, um... Uh... Is that, yeah, is Donnie... that, does that remind me, is that the one where the alien... Aliens come down and they crawl in your butthole and take over your body and splatter shit you to death? Yeah. Yeah. The science fiction yeah, movie. Yeah, science fiction. Yeah, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> you you do definitely did it. Yeah. AVP Requiem is another one Get that I thought was... Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Set at Winter, it's a really cool, kind of cheesy, <laughs> fun on. science goes fiction. goes like, I'm just going to keep on describing it, because that'll just make oh. all the facts go away. <laughs> It's not horror. It's an alien. I mean, AVP, it's a science fiction movie. Action science fiction. And it's set at Christmas. Um, <clears throat> okay, uh, next up is uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I thought that the Jim Carrey movie, the Ron Howard Jim Carrey movie, was it was fun. I like it. We watch it almost every year. And it's, it's set it in the snow. It wouldn't be a Grinch if it wouldn't be snow. Oh, uh, what else here? The night I put the nightmare before Christmas, but meh, whatever. Um, Cutthroats Nine. That is a Western movie set in the snow. Actually, it reminds me. I think that Tarantino got some of his Hateful Eight or Django from uh, Cutthroats Nine. It's basically these nine guys are uh, being sent to prison for execution, I think, and then they, there's a breakout, and they're stuck in the snow, and it is just spaghetti western in well, the snow. Well, and there's that one that I watched not too long ago in the roulette that was all set in the snow. 
Uh, yes, that's on here too. The, the Great the Silence. Great Silence. Which, there you go. I actually that was number ten, and I'm like, you know, I watched that once way more recently than Cliffhanger. Yet Cliffhanger, I remember even more. So I'm like, you gotta rewatch that thing, man. That is a classic. Like it, it's up there with uh, Hunt for Red October. It has that tone, yeah. and it just works. That might be what Rennie Harlan's best movie. What I mean, Die the- Hard Two is on there. Yeah. Die Hard 2, Cliffhanger, and did he do Hunt for Red Who did Hunt? No. I get those, John... I, I, we've talked about it before. I get him and McTiernan mixed up. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, so Die Hard 2 is on the list as well. Uh, and I have some cartoon, like Polar Express, I guess, because it's set in the snow. Gremlins is on there too, but again, I'm like, eh, it, I, it was set at Christmas, but that, honestly, that movie could have been set at any time. It didn't have to be set at Christmas. Um, Christmas Story. Have you seen that one yet? I thought that you said you were nope. going to watch that last year. <laughs> nope. nope but you're, I, you're, my, maybe this year. Maybe this uh, year. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, the Griswolds, Christmas Vacation. These are boring. Uh, Midnight Clear, which is essentially the same story as Joyous Noel. It's the front lines and there's a ceasefire and, but I like, that's got Gary Sinise in it, which is really good, but I like Joyce Noel more. Um, and then I, the last two I have, I've got, uh, Hot Tub, Hot Tub Time Machine. Uh, Cause it is set. And, and, uh, <laughs> your Empire Strikes backing it, I think. No, not really. Um, well, there's the middle segment that's set in the snow. Anyway, uh, and then lastly, Frozen, because let it go. Oh, jeez. So, anyway, that's just, uh, those are honorable mentions. Uh. So half of them were just the scene in the snow, and the <laughs> other half of them were horror, and that's what you had trouble well, picking from. That's honorable mentions. They were yeah. honorable mentions. I just sure. went to... Sure. Krampus. Dream. Krampus. <laughs> I, as soon as I saw IMDb, I'm like, well, yeah, that makes sense. It's it's totally a fantasy comedy, not even yeah, thriller, I guess. Do you watch say. that one with your wife? I did once. And that Will was you it. again? No horror. Which, That's a horror movie, sir. <laughs> <laughs> eh, it's splitting hairs. It's not. <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, there you go. Are you ready to move on to Recently Watched? Uh, yes. <clears throat> okay, let me see here. Was there something? I would... Oh, let's talk about Crash and Burn, since I thought it was the roulette that I picked. By the way, when you texted me that you were like, are there any good full moon movies out there? I'm like, is he watching Crash and Burn? I'm like, oh, you must just be like, ah, hell with it, I'll watch this too. Yeah, I, I, I don't know why. I thought that, I thought my stupid brain pan that that was my roulette, so I, I barreled through it, and it took a lot of, a lot of sittings, cause I kept falling asleep. I'd hit play, and then, <laughs> and then it started over. Um, basically, a group of people are escaping the city, or some heist they did, or something, I don't remember much of the beginning, and then they go to factories to hide out from the, uh, from the city people and the law. Uh, you know what I mean by factories, cause they're in the future. So they gotta uh-huh. go to places where there's lots of pipes and... Because that's the future, yep. ...industrial stairs, and that's the desolate wasteland where they hide out. And, uh... Well, they gotta be careful, because they're pretty sure that a couple of robots got in with them, impersonator robots. <laughs> Not Terminators. <laughs> um, 
So they spend most of the movie talking and worrying and complaining and arguing. And then the Mm -hmm. third act, actually not awful. Third act is kind of what I wanted from the movie itself. They start figuring out who the, you know, the one bad robot impersonator is revealed and they got to fight him and... And there's some shower scenes, you know, and mm-hmm. and then they got to fight him and then they got to, oh, they get outside and, well, we got to wake up this this old sentry robot that's, you know, it'd be similar to that uh, mm-hmm. uh, big boxy RoboCop one. Um, but it's a sentinel something and I've learned how to steer it. And so the one girl gets it up and claymations it over and helps it out in the fine. And you're like, yeah, it's kind of cool. It's huge. And then twist. Oh, there's more than one Terminator, not Terminator. <clears throat> uh, and it's the one that he was banging. So yeah, they got to deal with that. And, um, yep. Yeah, it's a shitty eighties movie that probably was direct to video. Full moon. Full moon. Although I do have some more respect for them after watching. Rewind this. Because who was in that? It's a documentary. Hold on a second. Crash and burn. They really have just made a load of just bollocks. Were were those, uh, refresh my memory, were those, uh, the big robot things, were those stop motion-y type things or? Yeah, but there's only one at the very end. Okay. For a little bit. It was five minutes, not even. Okay. I mean, the cover is... That's what's on the cover. The cover looks like, oh, it was big robot wars. No, no. One at the end. Uh, anyway, Rewind This is a documentary about VHS collectors and, well, the more about the home video market and how it came to be for those that didn't live through it and don't know. Uh, so I quite enjoyed the doc, obviously, as somebody who collects VHS. And I really appreciated how much time they spent talking about the movies that are not available any other way. Because uh, I feel like other docs haven't spent enough time on that. You know, too many people look at people like me like, yeah, you freak. Who, you know, you're just doing it to be hipster or weird. No, I have a whole page up here on my wall of movies that are not listed on Film Aficionado because they haven't gone to DVD or, v- or, or Blu-ray. They are strictly on DVD or a, a VHS. There's a lot of them. And I don't even have any that are super rare. I just have some shitty ones. But I've got a whole fucking full page of them. Um, so I'm glad that they spent some time on that. And Charles Band was in there, and he seems like a nice guy. So I got to. Re- I'm not gonna retracting any statements because that was private texting to you. But yeah, <laughs> publicly, let me just say, okay, I appreciate that you care and what you're doing, and carry on, even if it's not always my bag of. Well, entertainment, whatever. Uh, anyway. So there you go. Crash and burn and rewind this. I, I recommend one and one fourth of them. <laughs> That's the way it is with so many of those full moon movies. It's, it's, it's like, uh, what's it called? It's um, like they're not committed. I think that's what annoys yeah. me. It's commit to your covers. Your covers yeah, sell gore and nudity and TNA and dumb shit. Do that, but instead they are running around factory basements and bitching and arguing for forty-five minutes of the movie. I, it, yep. it, Doctor you know. Doctor Mordred, I think it was what it's called with Jeffrey Combs. I was so excited to see that, and um, it's just nothing until the very, very, very end. And then, like, there's a really great. It's like they save their money for the very. 
very end of the movie, and here's some stop motion skeletons and creatures, and it's cool. Like, yep. Ah, uh, you should have done more of that and less talking about yep. things. Yep, I agree, one hundred percent. Full uh, moon. Okay, that's that's my experience with Full Moon in in total. <laughs> now you did. Uh, I mean, you liked the subspecies movies, and they're okay. Puppet- and I mean, they're fine, but and they get the gore, but and the nudity, I guess. But they're still not good, you know. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're just frustrating. I just feel like they're like we talk about the the barbarian movies, are uh, uh you know where it, they spent more on the poster art than they did the whole movie. But yet somehow they deliver in the movie because there's yeah. violence and TNA and whatnot. But in those, it's let's futz around talking, and that's mm-hmm. where I get annoyed. It's it's I'm bored. Don't make me bored. Get on with it. You can your shit is already bad. Okay, so quit trying to be something you're not just be bad <laughs> every 10 minutes there should be some form of undress or violent scene yes. or something. I, yes yeah. and that's what those barbarian type movies typically do well is that there is usually something going on every 10 minutes whereas in this yeah. it's not it's 40 minutes of chit chat or worse it's arguing and then, oh they, there's always the asshole and they got to argue at the end uh this isn't going on yes it is come on believe uh Repeat, 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 repeat. Yeah. And just when you're ready to hit stop, shower scene. <laughs> there we go. Yep. And uh, actually, that leads into my first review. Con- I haven't talked about Conquest yet, correct? The Lucio Fulci uh, Barbarian movie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, recently released by Scorpion. Woo! It's, uh, you know, I used to have this movie on DVD years ago, and I watched it, and I'm like, this... This was before I was really into Italian sleaze cinema, whatever. And I I bought it for cheap, sold it for cheap, or traded it in or whatever. And, uh, oh, I have to rebuy it because it's Lucio. I will buy every Lucio Fulci movie on Blu-ray. I'm just saying that now. But uh, this was a very pleasant surprise rewatching this one. It's exactly what we were just talking about, is every few minutes something is happening. There, it's, the movie makes almost no sense, and that's fine. It's hilarious. It's chock full of nudity, and it's got Fulci gore, which is an added plus, because a lot of those movies, like this, you could tell, watching this, it was like, ah, I can see Lucio Fulci. He's shining through this nonsense with his gore, but it's fun. I, I, I was never bored. Yes, like the one barbarian guy has a bow and arrow, and whenever he, like, it's kind of like the old school Dungeons and Dragons cartoon where you pull back on the bow and all of a sudden there's this blue lightning bolt that shows up, which is actually probably just a scratch on the film stock. You know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> or animation or whatever, and it's awesome. But there's just all sorts of various creatures chasing them around for dumb reasons. Who cares? It's fine. It was, it, I, I thought, it, I thought it was hilarious and quite good actually for what it was. So that's the type of bad shit that I, I, th- I think we're talking about here because I can't imagine you wouldn't have been like, yep, that was entertaining. I'm just amazed how many of them are out there that are actually entertaining to watch. Because I've <laughs> keep going, but uh, next next round we'll finish up on that topic. Okay, uh, let's talk about Knives Out briefly here. I saw this with my wife in the theater. Uh, you know. Um, I went in with pretty high expectations with this thing sitting at 97% on RT, Ryan Johnson directing it, and that cast, which is just incredible, but I still came away uh, 
blown away. Easily top 10, probably top 5 of the year for me. However, I'm not sure how well this is going to play out on rewatch because so much of this relies on you not knowing what is going to happen next. The acting is so good in this. Uh, even my wife, we like we had pop, like she brought in a little bag of her own popcorn and movie ends, roll credits. And she's like, I didn't even open my popcorn, like riveted to the screen. We were both riveted to the screen. Like it's funny. It's suspenseful. It's got, it's so good. It's such a great fun movie. This is the type of movie that is like that perfect movie to release in the winter. Like it's not a, it's not a summer movie. It's that mid tier budget, but stacked with great, uh, Character actors, winter movie. Uh, I loved it. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine you're not going to like this movie. Or love it actually. I know what you think of Ryan Johnson and oh, this I, cast. If you can pull me away from sucking his cock. It's amazing. There I, you go. See, <laughs> from what I've heard from people who have seen it more than once, they enjoyed it even more the second time because they weren't trying to take in information. They were oh, seeing okay. all of the ways in which he was giving them information to get to the end without it being. Wait, 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 wait. Now we tell you. That kind of... Mm-hmm. That, that's just what I've been told. Two hours and ten minutes. It, it felt like an hour. It, it, and this is talking. There's... It's pretty much just talking. But, I mean, these actors are... I love Jamie Lee Curtis's character. She was just this wonderfully likable, likable bitchy character. Oh, she's so good. Every character in this movie is fantastic. Um, I loved it. In fact... I was a bit surprised, I'm not going to spoil this obviously, but I was a bit surprised when it seems like there's a reveal about the midway point. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool, I, I, and but mm-mm, you got to stick with it because it just keeps getting twistier and turnier and what's going to happen next? I loved it. My, my only negative about this was actually, um, one, the guy that sat beside my wife uh, spilled his beer, some of his beer on her, and then on top of that... What, he was, beer? Where were you? Tinseltown, they sell beer there now. Oh, that shows how long it's been since I've been there. Yeah, and uh, and then on and then on top of that, him and his girlfriend or whatever, they were they were dicking off on their phones because why not? Now she she's so easygoing that it not a big deal. She she, she didn't even notice it, but I'm like every now and then I glance over. I'm like they're just on their phones over there. I'm like if I don't look in that direction, I'm good. I don't I don't notice it, but I'm like how can she not be furious? But yeah. All right. Yeah. So, uh, and also another new thing that I had read about this, uh, that the theaters are now doing more commercials. So if the movie starts at seven, there's five minutes of commercials at seven, not before. Now it's at seven. I'm like, Oh, good God. But it, now this is just my experience for Knives Out is there was five minutes less trailers. So it actually still about 20, 25 minutes, but it was like, it wasn't, even more trailers, but now we're getting these god-awful commercials that start, like, I would rather have, obviously I'd rather have movie trailers than lame commercials now, but I guess if you're going to make me sit through 20 minutes anyway, at least cut off the trailers if you're going to add stupid commercials. Unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, anyway. uh, let's do three movies real quick. Deathstalker 2, Amazons, and Phoenix the Warrior. Have you seen any of these films, sir? I believe all three. (laughs) 
Beautiful. Uh, they all have interchangeable covers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Deathstalker 2 is a Jim Wynorski, probably one of uh, the better things he's ever made. I love Deathstalker 2. It is quite enjoyable. It's still yep. Deathstalker and, and part one and two, the main character, very rapey. Just, oh yeah, he just, is. he's like, oh, I love you, I love you. The next scene, he's fucking some other chick. And then smiling, looking over, and while he's like kind of humping, just ah, look at my big grin. It's kind of a James Bond with a loincloth. It's so gross and weird. It, it whatever. It's very Wynorski in its writing, i.e., terrible, uh, but funny and yeah, plethora of nudity and whatnot. Uh, next up, Amazon's. This one might be up there with all of this kind of movie that I'm on a tear with. This might be top three. I quite enjoyed this movie. It's uh-huh. I strong women, and they'll just drop trout. Oh, it's time for bath. Everybody get naked uh-huh. and jump in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they're all the, like 70, 75 minutes. Yeah, and just kill the dick out of everything around them, and don't give any shits about the dudes. I like, I like that. I like that a lot. Phoenix the Warrior, not very memorable, but see the previous two reviews, and it's kind of like that a little bit. Kind of a mishmash of those two things. Um if you look at the cover, it's, oh, synopsis, big hair, big guns, big personalities, and a serious lack of wardrobe. She-Wolves of the Wasteland, a post-apocalyptic tale that features, uh, who cares? I'm in. Uh, but not very memorable. Not not as memorable as Deathstalker 2 or Amazon's. But I watched it. Checked off the list. And I love that there's still a dozen of these movies on Tubi that I'm going to be watching. <laughs> Is uh, Sorceress on there anywhere? Yep. That's another Jim. Mo- oh. oh, I started watching it, but then I fell asleep or something. But... Oh, that's so great! Uh, in the world, uh, Jim Wynorski coming soon. Is- Sorceress. Yes. <laughs> uh, next round for you. I still have one more movie that I want to talk about, but uh, go ahead. Okay. Uh, ready or not, this is uh, another 2019 movie, uh, and another one that I'm going to try and find a spot for in my top ten of the year. This was great, Steve. Uh, had prepared me for it. He was like, you really... I was going to watch this with him in the theater, and then something family-related came up, and I couldn't do it. Uh, and he was like, you really should watch that movie. That's that's right up your alley. Yes, it is. Was it that something was... family-related, or did you tell him you'd be there, and you just bailed on him? Like before? Oh, no, it was actually... I don't remember. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fake news. It's, it's something. It's, yeah, all, alternative... Dimension facts. Uh, Ready or Not is uh, about a bride, and on her wedding night, she discovers that she has to play a game in a huge mansion where everybody is trying to kill her. And this is in the trailer. But I... And it looks good to me, but it's way better than the trailer sells it as because things continually getting... They continually get more and more ratcheted up to insane levels as the movie goes on. And I'm like, are they really going to... Are they really going to stick with this and just go full on? And <laughs> they did. Oh, I was so happy that they didn't. This was one of those where they could have really screwed up with the end. But instead, they're like, nope, we're going to just go for it. Why not? And it was great. I, this is one I cannot possibly imagine that you're not going to like. And I know that you're not a huge fan of home invasion movies. And this isn't I'm really not. I'm invasion. not, but this one looked good. I, the trailer yeah. looked good. But the lead actress... Uh, Samara Weaving. Oh. She's great. We know her from something. Yeah, I know. What? What is. Oh, she's. Oh, she's the babysitter from. Uh, there was something the, else. She's so beautiful. Oh, uh, what else has she been in? Ready or not? Mayhem. Monster Trucks. 
uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. I <laughs> I think she was the one that I remember her in Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, the babysitter. Uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. I think it was something when she was a kid. Oh, okay. Uh, we go all the way. 2008 was her first starring role, so. Mm, okay. She's great in this. She's such a, she's such a badass. She reminds me a little bit of the Australian lady in, uh, Your Next. Mm. Just, it was or great. Or the, or the, was, or the chick from the, oh, what was it? Uh, the one where they, Oh, what was the name of that movie? They they pushed her off a cliff. It was a French film. Oh yes, Revenge. There you go. That, yes. Or that chick. Yeah, this is a great uh, woman empowerment. It it was a blast, and it was funny and gory, much more gory than I was expecting. And I can't imagine you're not, you're not going to like it. And I don't know if you want to wait until next October, but oof, that's a good one. I'll probably check it out before then. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Um. Let me get that off the list here. So, wait. There's one movie that... Are you going to be talking about the one that you... Part three of the series? Because if so, I am going to, too, because I watched it. Uh, what? The Fallen... The oh, yes, set. yes, yes. I was dying to know what you thought of that one. That was okay. the one that I was waiting for. Okay, well, are you, was that the one that you were going to review? No, but go ahead. Okay, so let's talk about Angel Has Fallen. Um, This is the latest in the Has Fallen series... And I will say, I think you prepared me to the point to where my expectations were so low with this. Uh, just, I enjoyed it actually. I thought it was fine. It was, I, I went in thinking, okay, this isn't going to be like the first two, uh, because you said this is nothing like the first, and it is nothing like the first two. And for that, I, I liked it. It's not as good as the first two. It's, it feels kind of like a, I don't know, like a really, Big budget direct to Netflix movie. Does that make sense? Yep, it looks that way. Yeah, I, it's it was fun. I liked it. It has a couple of like there's uh, there's a scene in the woods that is very good, and then there's a huge shootout in the end that was very good. And those are I guess there's the drone. There's like three big action scenes in the movie, and that's it. Whereas the other ones, it just felt like there was shit going on most of the movie. <laughs> Yeah. There was killing and mayhem here, not so much. Uh, the budget is obviously smaller. You can tell the budget's smaller. Uh, George, uh, George, George Butler. Good. <laughs> um, it's funny how it seems like they got Morgan Freeman in as the president for a weekend. Like, we're going to have you on a boat and then I'm laying in a bed, if that's cool with you. Oh, uh, and then at the end, he, he, when he's trying to, ret- spoilers, when he's trying to retire, he, Morgan Freeman looks at him and goes, I mean, after all we've been through, and I'm going, what? All what you've been, you haven't been through shit? What are you talking about? He wasn't <laughs> the president. Asleep. He wasn't the president in the first two. I mean, uh-uh. he, he, he kind of, he saved him in the beginning. I get that, but what? Yeah. Sorry. Go on. I'll wait. Uh, till anyway. Going. Yeah. So I, I'm not sure where you fell. Oh, well, what your final score was on the movie then. I, I liked it. Uh, it, I didn't love it. The first two were just badass. This one here is, if this would have been a going in blind roulette, yep, that was a good movie. And as it is, it's a good movie. Uh, but go in with lowered expectations. It's nothing like the first two. Uh, I think uh, Logan crossed with The Fugitive, I guess, with a kind of sort of great value version of uh, 
uh, has fallen. The first two kind of smooshed in there, I guess. That's what what it was trying to be, I would say. But uh, your take, my take, call it something else and make it not a part of the series. And I agree with you. It's a big budget Netflixy kind of action movie where Gerard Butler blows up and has feelings and fine. That that's fine. But you made it part three of this series. Okay, then be like the first two in the series, where it's fun and we know it's it's an eighties throwback and This was not, it's 80s not about it's fine. not about realism and feelings. It's about blowing the dick out of bad guys. And Die Hard One and Two it's about that. Yeah. And that's not what this movie was. And that's why I was getting so down on it. And oh, I mean, can you hear my dog snoring? Uh uh-uh. uh. Oh, just wait. You gotta wait. Oh, he's awake now. Yeah, fuck oh, off. Oh. Fuck off. <laughs> he was sitting over here. <laughs> so, you know, if it were just a, another action movie, fine. But I really dig those first two movies, even though most people don't. Or, uh, the internet loves to hate on them. I, I just... I don't. I like those first two movies. I think they're great. I think they're hilarious. And, yeah, there's some racism-y stuff in there. But... Uh, as far as, you know, always fighting, uh, Arabs are always bad guy kind of stuff. Uh, but <clears throat> it's just, how can we find new ways to say fuck while we bash people's brains in kind of stupidity? And that's why they're fun. They don't take themselves seriously. Then this one is like so dour and, oh, I've headaches and concussions and we don't yeah. talk oh, yeah, about that stuff in these kinds of Arnold Sly Stallone 80s. We're not talking about concussions. I mean, give yeah. me a break. If you're dealing with concussions and migraines, then lying one and a half feet away from a grenade that blows up would be the end of you. And that happens in this movie. It was a really cool scene, but considering everything that came before it, it didn't make logical sense. And then, oh, after all we've been through, What? <laughs> You haven't been through anything. It, he, for all you know, he jumped on your boat, threw you in the water, and you woke up three months later. That's all. Like, it would have been different if then Aaron Eckhart was still president, and this was part three. Then you would have been through some fucking shit. Yeah. But, uh, no, thank you, sir. I, I, yeah. if again, if it had not been part of the Fallen series. I, I would go thumbs up, but because it was part of the Fallen th- series, I'm going thumbs down. I, I. Will I watch it again? Yeah, maybe, but it's just another throwaway actioner, in my opinion. I probably won't watch it again. It's just, it does, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's, I agree. It's very, it takes itself seriously, very seriously. And then there's the whole, like you were kind of, like you were saying, there's, he's addicted to drugs now. And so there's a big, not a big, but there's, that's a big plot point of the movie is him trying to get off the drugs and whatnot. And that's kind of how the movie wraps up even is, Dealing with his inner demons. Oh, and I didn't care, and he looks old. I don't like him looking old. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like a year ago that he was in the that uh, awesome Dirty Cop movie. And yeah. he was just great in that. Uh, and he didn't... Yeah, he looks old in this one. And I'm not sure if they really tried to make him look like he's been on drugs and he's old. I don't know. I, I think so. And the angles that they shoot him were not conducive to improving that yeah. you know you, you could have shot him at a better angle instead let's go elbow height always looking up eh. 
you know, if you cock it back a little bit and go forehead height, you're not going to see the double chins. I know this because we just got family pictures taken and I'm looking at them now and going, ha, could've done, could've, we could have tilted that angle a little bit. <laughs> oh, Nick Nolte's great in this too, by the way. He, he is just... one of the life-saving things of this. He is the reason why I could watch this movie again, I think. He was hilarious. He was the only thing that was reminiscent of the first two. With the, with the snide comments and, and, you know, even even the family drama part of it, that was okay. That was still within the realm of the first two, in my opinion. But yeah. they just went too serious. Like, relax, guys. You're making an action movie. It And they did the same thing in the late 80s, early 90s, where we got to serious this up. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it really doesn't. You got to have the budget if you're going to go this dramatic. Yeah. And, eh, Okay. Well, and th- and this one here, Piper Parabo, is uh, is Parable. Gerard Butler's uh, wife in it, and she was not. Oh, what did I say? Parabo. Oh, that's what I've been calling her for the past. I'm pretty sure it's years. Piper Parabo. Shit. Um. Okay, Leah Banning is what uh, Piper's name is in the movie, <laughs> and uh, I noticed that she was not in the first two, so I'm not sure who the first wife of Gerard Butler was. I, was, but, it, was she supposed to be playing the same character? I mean, uh, because it's her and this kid all of a sudden. I, I, yeah, they got a kid now and... I, I had to... I really paused. Did they... Was this happening in the last one? I know. I don't recall that, but um, anyway, I don't know. I just assumed I forgot. Okay. Yeah. I want to do one more real quick and then we'll be done. Uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hmm. You got through that then, huh? Yep. Got it checked off the list. Let me start by saying I'm giving this movie a thumbs up, uh, and and that's that goes. There's no hesitation there. This movie is a thumbs up. Period. Now, I have some hesitations about the film, but I feel like they're only hesitations because it's my first watch and there's so much to absorb. Uh, and I will watch this movie again multiple times, I'm sure. But I feel a Jackie Brown kind of effect, where I watch it the first time and I go, "Huh, well, that was definitely good." But, huh, it's an odd film. There are some scenes that are strung together in there that don't really seem to advance any character arc and don't really add to the main plot, and just, here you go. Not saying they're bad. It's an entertaining scene. Did we need it? There, a lot of driving. A lot of driving in this movie, and driving with no conversation. Sometimes not even a passenger. Just one guy driving. <laughs> Look at me driving, like, huh? Did we need? Did we need it to be quite that long? I don't know. I won't know until rewatch. And I only say that because the movie is long. Uh, so you know, you're looking for areas where you could trim. There are some movies that are two and a half hours long that I've said this could have been five hours long and I would have been fine. Uh, the, here we got one that's you know how long was this one? Three, two and a half. Well, three, at it's, least three hours. Long ass movie. And it just when, especially when I'm just watching a guy drive around by himself, did I need it? Did I need that? Uh, <laughs> it almost felt like some scenes in this movie were for Californians, so they could go look at Brad Pitt and his convertible speeding across the blah 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 bridge into blah 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 alley avenue boulevard way, where you know Californians and movie people would be like, yeah, and. 49 other states go, hmm, just driving around. 
<laughs> uh, I get it. I would appreciate it if he was driving through my town. I'd be like, oh, shit, he's driving right down East Jackson. That's crazy. Um, he's not, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I really, really, really love when Brad Pitt and DiCaprio are, are together. And that might sound weird because they're together most of the movie. But when they split, my interest starts dipping, starts starts fading down a little bit. And as soon as they're together again, ah, this is fantastic. <laughs> but then they separate again, and I'm like, ah. Uh, or following the Sharon Tate character who goes and watch a movie, I'm like, yeah, what are we doing? Or just feels like we're spinning our wheels here a little bit. Uh, I absolutely love the home invasion. Oh, it was so, so good. Uh, like, I was actually concerned when it was happening. I was like, this had better go the way I want it to go. Because if, <laughs> if it goes a different way, I'm going to be fucking pissed. And it went the way I wanted it to go. Oh, and that can of dog food goes right in that oh, the bitch's face. I was cheering. I was, I was like, okay, this is kind of worth the whole movie now. <laughs> uh, and it wasn't that I was disliking it at that point. It just, it's long and what's what? And I still, I did a lot of research after this as to what actually happened. And it feels like what he did here is a opposite of, um, Inglorious Bastards. It's like, we're, we're going to change history in a different way just because, mm. well, what, you know, he, he's playing with that idea of, uh, uh, how can I put it? You leave your house one day and, you're five minutes late, and because of that, you hit a red light, and you see an accident right in front of you. What had happened? If, what would have happened if you left on time? You'd have been in the accident. And it feels like in *Inglorious Bastards* and this—that's the idea that he's playing with—is is fate and time and and causality and that kind of stuff, which is very interesting. But he's rewriting history. Yeah. What if instead of uh, them going up to the Polanski house? What if some C-grade drunk-ass actor stumbled out of his house to bitch at them about the car? And then they changed their mind went to a different house. Completely changes all of history over one little insta insta mm -hmm. instance. And th that's really fascinating to deal with. There are some questions of morality in doing something like that over an incident so horrific. It's one thing to kill Hitler. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. It's another thing to mess with with an actual... Very sad thing that happened. Very wrong I and evil. How, I know that it. I I have to think about that a little bit. I I enjoy the idea of of man. If only one thing had gone a little bit different. And I love the idea of Cliff Booth just fucking murdering the dick out of people. And the ending with the flames. I just loved that. Oh, it was great. It was. Oh, great. It felt so great. Uh, what else? The controversy of Bruce Lee. Yes, the, I want to ask you what you thought of that whole scene. Uh, so I know a lot about Bruce Lee just because I've watched a million martial arts films and I've read his books and I've watched lots of interviews with the man and, and I've read about the controversy and yada yada. So I went into it with a fair amount of skepticism as far as I'm, well, I'm going to be hypersensitive to this. What's going on? I want you to treat him right. Uh, <laughs> maybe it's just my white privilege talking, but that wasn't Bruce Lee, so I don't care. That was not a realistic anything. Um, Bruce Lee himself said Muhammad Ali could kick my ass. I, what Bruce Lee might have appeared arrogant, but he was not arrogant. 
So immediately while watching this, it was a, it was a, in my opinion, it was just a characterization. It was a movie characterization of him. It was not an actual mm. documentary representation of the man. The guy that Cliff Booth was based on, or he was based on a couple different people, but the actual guy that he was based on was a sincere, crazy jujitsu guy who was a fucking gorilla. He was a monster of a person. He was a bodyguard. Okay. He would have kicked the shit out of Bruce Lee. I adore Bruce Lee. He is a, a one of the masters of martial arts. I, I have nothing against him. Bruce Lee wouldn't have fought that guy. Mm. The real life guy. He wouldn't have fought him. There wouldn't have been a point. Because you know what would happen? He would have jumped. He would have kicked him. He would have knocked him down. And they would jump and kicked him not again. And the guy would have chucked him into a fucking car. That's the way it would have gone. So it's not insulting to say that to Bruce Lee because Bruce Lee would say the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, I didn't feel like they were trying to make a documentary about Bruce Lee. It just, here's this goofy scene. And it also, it wasn't an actual scene in the movie. It was a flashback from Cliff Booth's memory and mindset and perspective. That is true. It was all a flashback. So it all had his twist on it. There, it, There's like three different outs there where they're saying we are not actually representing Bruce Lee. I didn't have a problem with it. it I, I'm literally... Documentary, you can go look. Bruce Lee himself said, oh, how did he put it? I have little Chinese hands. And Cassius Clay does not. He would murder me. That He said something to that effect. The real Bruce Lee. So, even being offended, I, I don't want to speak to the family. I know they got offended by it and stuff, so I don't want to speak to that, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be too worked up about it. It seems like it was very much not a realistic portrayal of him and who cares? He, yeah. I didn't, I, all the interviews I've seen with him, I haven't felt like he's an arrogant guy. I, I feel, I didn't think so either. No, I've always felt like he, he would, here's another thing. He would not attack like that. If you know, if you've read his book on Jeet Kune Do and everything, he would not just run up and, and fly and kick somebody. That would that'd be the last thing that he would do to start off an actual fight. That's the opposite of what he would do. <laughs> So it's ridiculous from the get-go and that's fine. And I think that honestly, Tarantino knows that. I honestly believe he knows that. And it's just a fantasy of Cliff Booth's memory. Yeah. Oh, much like the, I mean, how they played with the ending of the movie and the, the like, rewriting history. Yeah. Just, it's a movie. Mm-hmm. Did you like that? Uh, that was stuntman Mike, correct? I mean, it was Kurt Russell. I'd like to believe that in the future that's Stuntman Mike, but as it was, he was just playing a director in this film. Yeah. I thought that was cool. I, I love the movie. I need to watch it again. I just have watched it one time. But uh, I, the, one of my favorite scenes in the movie, other than the very end, was the scene where we... It's actually in black and white for a little bit. DiCaprio, uh, Rick Dalton is having the uh, the conversation with uh, Timothy uh, Olympet. You remember that? <laughs> <laughs> Oliphant, Timothy Oliphant. Just roll, yes. just, just roll. No, it's it's, el- it's it's elephant. Let's roll with that. Um, uh, their characters were. <laughs> were... <laughs> oh, I'll just say it again. How was it? Uh, well, it started off with uh, elephant, and then <laughs> we're gonna drop the O and add the E. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. I got that's it. <laughs> Just a uh, great scene there. <laughs> yeah, Timmy T 
give me the elephant. <laughs> Timmy the elephant. <laughs> I mean, why do people have such weird last names to pronounce? I don't like that. Just be simple. Ah, like Margot Robbie. That's easy to say. But Timothy you mean, Oliphant? You mean, you mean, you mean Margot Robbie? That's Margot Robbie. She's not French. T isn't silent. It's not Margot Robbie. I know that. <laughs> nope, you're not shitting me on that one. <laughs> I almost got you for a second oh. there. Okay, uh, who stars in Wonder Woman? Uh, oh, what's her name? Hold on, let me look it up. <clears throat> See if you get this one right. Oh, I will. I get them, for the most part, all right. Um... Uh, what's her name? Oh, I do know this one. Gal Gadot. Good job. Good job. Yep. Yep. Still lots of news people out there going Gal Gadot. Yeah, no, that, that, that's... Yep, but, uh... <laughs> anyway, t- when Timothy... We gotta wrap and... up. Hour 45. Here we go again. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, for coming. I don't know. What do you... What do you... <laughs> oh, no. Coming, coming soon. Coming soon, content. yeah. Uh, Lots of shit. Loads of trash, barbarians, and loincloths. That's what I'm doing. Are you going to do a Christmas movie, or no? It's not, I mean, oh, I guess it is December. Uh, I guess a Christmas story might happen sometime this year, but I teased it last year. Yep. Um, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Poseidon Adventure I want to watch. Uh, yep. What about you? Uh, well, I swore that I was not going to watch this movie in the theater, but then my buddy was like, hey... How's about a how's about a mandate? So <laughs> Christmas, Black Christmas or whatever thing PG thirteen. It's happening Thursday night. Woohoo! Yep. Um, yeah. So Black Christmas, and um, I'll review Tammy and the T Rex on next episode. And I've been watching all sorts of Christmas cheer. Um, um, claws on Netflix and. Christmas, I mean, you know me, I go through all sorts of Christmas movies. Um, oh, I'm, Ooh, honorable, honorable, I'm looking at my VHS right now. Honorable mention for winter movies, uh, Swiss Family Robinson. Remember those? Or not Swiss Family Robinson, uh, The Wilderness Family. Oh, there you go, yeah. Yeah, I got hmm. one and two on VHS. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Dick. what else? You, okay, uh, as many years as we've been doing this show and I haven't seen A Christmas Story, we've been doing this show and you haven't watched Scrooged yet? Are you going to finally get around to doing that this year? I had the Jim Carrey Christmas Carol pulled out. I can only do one of those stories a year, you know. Chris, no? Or Christmas you, Carol. Christmas Carol. You said Christmas Carol, but... The animated you, one, the, the Zemeckis one or whatever. I, you want to do this one. Scrooged? Yes, it's an adult comedy with Bill Murray. It It is a take on that, but it's not the old-timey... Yeah, turn of the century. It's great. It's Bill Murray in the 80s. It's freaking great. I don't know, you're not selling me. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. 80s comedy, Bill Murray. You're like, I'd rather watch a new Jim Carrey 2000s <laughs> animated of the exact same old-timey bullshit story. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I no, we'll see. That's a no. That's a hard Jeff Stutzman no. 
All right, we got to wrap this up. It's getting. We're, we're, <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also the uh, uh, the Angel trilogy from Vinegar Syndrome, uh, Alien, uh, Angel, uh, Angels has fallen, or Angel Revenge, or something, an Alien, <laughs> or yeah, I keep on saying, yeah, we're <laughs> uh, sure, yep. We can keep going. I can. Oh, I, got, I know you're not going to stop. I listened to the last episode. You're yeah. just going to keep recording and talking. So, Candy Snatchers is on Vinegar Syndrome title. Uh, I think Body I, Double. I want to watch that. Uh, the Spookies. Oh, Mid- Midnight Angels. Okay, what's some that? Action movie. I don't know. Some action. Um. What else? Here? Look at this shit. You don't want to watch that? Yeah, that looks cool. Let's see. The Hong Kong police have come to a startling new conclusion. A woman's place is not in the home. It's in the face of the biggest problem, a syndicate known as the Golden Dragons. Aren't they all known as Golden Dragons, though? Sure. Uh Midnight Angels takes the viewer to a place where only the best practitioners of Hong Kong cinema dare to go. With its wall-to-wall, mind-bending action sequences featuring Asia's hottest female martial artists and a nod to the American Western... Martial arts connoisseurs will be t- talking about the final battle to the death sequence for years to come. Never heard of it. <laughs> what year was it made? Uh, 1996. Okay, from... so it's old enough the way it should be shot on film then. It's not going to be... Yeah. Arena Home Video. Okay. Uh, Xenon. A Xenon release. Hell yeah. Shit, I might watch that today. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye. Just just goodbye. Oh my gosh. I was waiting for you. I was waiting until you were done. Because I didn't want to interrupt you, but oof, there was a a hawk honk. (laughs) That needed to happen. Oh. (laughs) Are you. Are you done? You're done. Oh, you done. hit stop Are you done? Or... We're going to hit stop. Are you ready? Yeah. One, two, three, stop. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Hey, if you want to get a hold of the Movie Freaks, you can get a hold of us facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod on Twitter at moviefreakspod. Drop us an email, moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. Intro music was public domain by www.rutgermuller.nl.